Hey guys, and welcome back to Leadership on Purpose. I am Blake Bozarth, and this is the show that's designed to help you grow your influence and lead with confidence and with humility. And today's topic is how can you grow your strategic perspective? And our guest today is Sissy Williams. She is the Chief Customer Officer at Protective Life, a multi-billion dollar insurance company out of Birmingham, Alabama. And she's also my former manager in a different Fortune 250 company, one of my all-time favorites, and I'm very excited for this episode. Sissy is a really gifted strategic leader, and I've really seen her bring this gift to bear in a variety of contexts, including in the way that she's elevated the discussion, elevated the level of play with her peers and with senior teams and leaders. So you're going to get some insights into that in this episode. You're going to hear a little bit of Sissy's personal and career story in the beginning of the show. It's very powerful and inspiring. From a stay-at-home mom to a C-suite executive at a multi-billion dollar company, incredible story. And it also plays into the way that she's honed this gift, sharpened this skill of strategic thinking and perspective. We start out our topic with the basic question around what does strategic perspective really look like? And because it can be kind of an abstract concept and Sissy brings it to life, makes it real with a two-part description you'll not, you're not going to want to miss. From there, we talk about is strategic thinking nature or nurture? Is it something that you're wired with or can it be developed? Spoiler alert, you can totally develop this even if you're already strong and you can get stronger and if you're not as strong you can totally grow in this area and we spend the bulk of this show diving into tangible ways to do just that and sissy drops some great nuggets for emerging leaders for early career leaders for how you can go about developing and practicing strategic perspective and there's also some great takeaways here for more senior leaders sissy shares the challenges the success story that she and the team have experienced that protective in intentionally giving their talent new opportunities to grow and get breadth of exposure, um, leading to more of a macro perspective and an enhanced skill set. So I think you're really going to love this episode. If you're not subscribed, make sure you go ahead and click that button to subscribe. And as always, guys, if you get value out of this episode, be a river, not a reservoir. Who is someone that you can share this with who will also grow from it? Without further ado, let's jump into the show. All right, guys, I am here today with Sissy Williams. Sissy, welcome to Leadership on Purpose. I'm very thrilled to be here. Excited to have you and can't wait to jump into our topic today. Before we do that, I'd love it if you could share a little bit about your career story and how did you get to where you are today? Probably... Um, three major chapters, one minor. So started off in um, a completely different function and industry. So started off doing commercial real estate marketing out of college and didn't stay in that very long. I had an opportunity when my children were young to be a stay-at-home mom, which was really important to me. And so uh, there was a period of time when I didn't work full-time. So I did did some things professional wise growth during that period. Like I got my MBA and I did some part-time work and some adjunct teaching, but mostly I was a stay-at-home mom. And that was a, a great experience and actually I think helped me grow in ways that I wouldn't have expected. Um, when uh, after 10 years, I was ready to get back into the workforce full-time and 
thought about, okay, how do I do this? I've been out of the workforce for a while. I'm really not terribly connected, maybe a little bit rusty. Anyway, I ended up with a great company and a company where I was able to grow. So um, I was living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I thought, okay, how do I do this? And I thought, well, let's start with the biggest company in town. If they're, you know, if they're big and they have lots of roots, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can find my place there. So it was actually Provident Life in Accident, which was a precursor company to Unum. I joined them in corporate communications. And over the next 18 years, I played a number of different roles there, uh, really moving from communications into operations and really strategic projects related to operations. Had tons of opportunities to learn things and grow um, in, you know, in multiple areas there. Um, so it was a, that was a great experience. Um, after that, uh, about five years ago, I transitioned to a new role here as um, Chief Customer Officer at Protective Life. Uh, so Birmingham-based company, again, a uh, great place to work, a great place for customers. Uh, we have a strong value orientation, strong growth orientation, and uh, love the role that I'm playing now, which allows me to work with a lot of people, both employees and customers. And to really think about how we build an operating model that meets the needs of uh, all of our stakeholders today and positions us for a very fast paced dynamic environment uh, and really the opportunity and need to transform the way we do business every day. That, that's, that's amazing. That's I love the story, Sissy, because <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love the story and, um, I didn't even know that your stay-at-home mom season was for about 10 years. So that's incredible, the transition that you made and um, the way that you just grew in your career now to senior executive in a, in a very large company. So um, thank you for sharing that. I think it's an inspiring story for so many for me. Um, but I also want to ask you, so our, our topic today is how can we grow and develop more of a strategic perspective? And you know that I, I asked you to do this topic because you're one of the more strategic leaders that I've worked with. And I've, I've just been very impressed with what you've brought to the table from a macro kind of big picture thinking, the way you're able to connect dots and um, the way you elevate teams around you with that as well too. So that's what we want to dive into today. And if I can start with the first question being, when you hear this concept of, of being a strategic thinker, having strategic perspective, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to think strategically and to develop and grow a strategic perspective? It's a great question. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts on it. It's not a very complicated model in my mind. To me, strategic perspective or strategy is really about two things. Number one, it's about perspective. So, um, what's going on outside? What's going on inside? What's going up on? upstream and downstream for me. What's going on around me in terms of people, process, technology? You know, how do I look at something and think about the financial, the risk, the customer, all the different um, perspectives and components of it? And so, you know, it's really important, I believe, to develop and proactively develop breadth of experience so that you gain that perspective. 
you know, you Blake, you talked about connecting the dots. You know, if you only see one dot, there's nothing to connect. Mm. You know, I have to know that there are four or five dots um, because there's something going on over here, but also something going on over here and behind me too. So, um, you know, that's really important to have sort of that 360 and that, that, that really broad, rounded perspective. So that's number one. And then number two is really translating that into action. So that perspective helps you define a direction that guides what you do and what you don't do. And both of those are very important, right? Because you can't do everything. And I know <laughs> like a society, when we go to a restaurant, um, also in business, our eyes are often bigger than our stomach in terms of what we can ingest. So we have to be really thoughtful and really disciplined and very strategic in terms of what we focus on and what we don't focus on. So in my mind, it comes down to being pretty much that, that simple perspective, rounded perspective, connecting the dots, and then determining a course of action from them. That was a quotable. If you, if you only see one dot, there's nothing <laughs> to connect. <laughs> so that, that really exactly. hits home. And I, I love, I love that simple framework too. So it, it those two things, it's about yeah. perspective and it's about what you do with that perspective, how you translate that into action, how that perspective can guide future decisions. Um, so let me ask you this. So uh, I think I think you're one of these people that is more you you, you kind of have a a strategic nature about you. You've also had experience that's helped you develop and grow this. There's how how do you look at being a strategic thinker? Is it something you think that people are born with? That's like a nature hardwired thing? Or do you think it's something that can be really grown and, and developed into a strength? Well, I definitely think it can be grown. I do think that there are, um, there are some people that by nature of their gifts, or the way they think, or the opportunities that they have, they get on more technical or expert paths. Mm. Um, and sometimes that tends to be a bit more siloed. My background, my education, for example, I was a comparative literature major, um, was much more of a generalist education. And so, for example, when I told you when I was going back into the workforce, um, the position I ended up with at um, the predecessor company to Unum was actually in corporate communications. And it was a really good fit for me because I did have um, strong communication skills and engagement skills. But what it allowed me to do, and this is, this is kind of funny when I think back to it, basically I was a reporter within mm -hmm. the company. So we actually had a monthly newsletter. It was a paper published newsletter called mm -hmm. The Bridge. Imagine and that. my job as editor of that um, newsletter was to go around and talk to senior executives and functional leaders and learn about different uh, products, different offerings, different strategies, results, those types of things. And I found myself in a position of not having a ton of expertise, but being able to ask the questions that allowed me to connect the dots and translate it for other employees in the organization. So it was really sort of a fortuitous role for me to go into because it did give me that breadth of experience and understanding 
how underwriting and claims are connected, for example, or how product actuarial and finance are connected. And so it really gave me the opportunity to see that and to understand you know, where I felt like I could play a continued role. I'll also tell you that I think in addition to that breadth of, of um, a platform that I had, I also had the opportunity in that role to develop really strong relationships because the other aspect of that job was writing organizational announcements. So if a senior leader was changing um, an organization or welcoming a new member into it, or if we were writing an annual report or something like that, I had the opportunity to interface with some of the senior leaders in the organization and develop the relationships um, and really some, you know, some mentors that helped me gain confidence in my ability to contribute as more of a generalist than a specialist in an insurance company and to see what paths might be good for me, but also good for the company. So I, you know, when I think about my career and the way that I believe I've been able to contribute, I, I, I take a lot of it back to that opportunity. The, uh, I love that you just shared a, a blueprint really for a younger or an emerging leader for how you can go about developing and growing more of a macro and strategic perspective. And I took away two things. One was the breadth of experience, intentionally pursuing breadth in your, in your work experience in, in whatever organization or enterprise that you're, that you're a part of. And the other was being intentional about relationships and, and having, having key people that, that you, that you know, and you have real relationships with, um, across different parts of the business. If you're, if you are talking now to a more, an emerging leader, Sissy, if you are early in your career and maybe you don't have that role right now, that's more of that horizontal role that you had early on with that corporate comms mm -hmm. role, how would you advise someone in that position to go about trying to develop that perspective? Yeah, I think there are a lot of ways and I think they're often very within reach. So um, if you are a functional expert or have, you know, a, 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 a isn't the word I really, really want to use, but a silo or, a, you know, kind of a narrow perspective, seek to be on a project, right? Mm -hmm. A cross-functional project where you can learn what other functions are contributing um, and you can develop those relationships. That's generally easy to do. If it's not a business project, you know, raise your hand. So for example, you know, I want to be on the diversity and inclusion task force or, you know, something like that, where you really get more, um, you develop relationships and get breadth of perspective. I also think being very intentional about your career development um, is important. We must think about career development as a lattice and not a ladder. And I know that sounds trite, but I find that when people try, when people are too focused on getting to the next level within their functional area, they miss a tremendous number of opportunities that may be right next door. Mm. So I'll give you an example. Uh, when I came to Protective, um, we had very few operational managers that had experience outside their functional area. So even, 
you know, enforce management or claims or new business, they were pretty much in that specific function. And we started talking about, you know, the need to understand customers horizontally. Okay, so if you, if you get the customer when they're in force, don't, wouldn't it be helpful for you to have an understanding of what the purchase experience was like for that customer? Um, or if you're an in-force, isn't it important for you to understand what the claim experience might be like for that customer? So a customer has a long extended journey with us as a life insurance company. And it's very important, I believe, that we understand it horizontally because that's how the customer experiences it. So we really, um, we really get a lot of um, advocating for thinking about comparable roles. So it might not be a promotion, but it's a growth opportunity to go over, you know, to that same level in a different area, bring your talents, bring your expertise, bring your fresh eyes and make a contribution to the organization and grow yourself. Um, and we found that there were two hesitations for that. Number one, um, people were very nervous. I mean, that's change, that's change, right? And yep. we know that change is has to be an active learned um, skill um, and experience. So people were nervous. And then on the flip side, the new functions were nervous about having new leaders come in. And we had to do a lot of communication around, they're not gonna come in and tell you everything that you were doing wrong. They're gonna come in with fresh eyes and a complimentary perspective. And yes, they may have different ideas and ways to improve, but it's not that you were doing it wrong. So it's kind of baselining that we all have opportunity to grow. And we talked about that for a while, Blake, and um, we talked until we were sort of blue in the face and didn't get a whole lot of people raising their hands. So eventually we said, okay, look, we're gonna pick a, a group um, of leaders and we're gonna move them, okay? So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna pick a group and we're gonna say, okay, Congratulations, you're doing a great job. Um, we value your input um, and your expertise and your assignment starting next month is over in this other area. And um, it was an interesting experience because there was a lot of angst yeah. around that. Um, but we supported people in their moves. You know, it was interesting that sometimes their first perspective was, what did I do wrong? Why did you pick me? Not, you picked me because you think I can add value yeah. and bring experience over there. Um, but we worked through it. And, you know, they navigated that change curve beautifully. And they really excelled and brought new ideas and new energy to their new areas. And, you know, created space for someone to come in and do the same in their prior area. And we got to the point where now it's very common for people to want to raise their hand and go really in that lattice, lattice perspective, move over into a different area, even at the same level and grow and make a contribution. So it's, it's, been, a, it's been a great experience and kudos to all the leaders in our organization that have navigated that. That is a great story because you got into like the the heart behind what what goes in when you're actually putting yourself out there and you're you're trying to get that breadth of experience and maybe it's outside your comfort zone. So that's a real I'm glad you shared that because it's a really good thing for more senior leaders to be aware of too, is as you're trying to develop more of this perspective in your organization. Um, 
you have to know that not everyone's wired to jump at, at those opportunities. And so I, I love the example. And um, I think there's application there again for more um, emerging leaders is that a couple of things I took away was take initiative and, and look for those cross-functional opportunities. You, you're the one as an emerging leader, you can't expect somebody just to tap you on the shoulder. Sometimes that happens, that's great, just like you guys have done, but you have to be looking for those opportunities and take initiative to do that. And I love the concept of being intentional about your career development and looking at it as, I'm not just looking for the next quote unquote promotion, I'm looking for the next experience that's gonna help me be a better leader and give me better perspective, the lattice versus the ladder. Um, and then the last thing I want to summarize there is tying back in your point on relationships is this gets a lot easier. It, 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 it's really enabled a lot of times, I think, when you have great relationships in different parts of the company and you can have someone or multiple people that champion you and, and that know that, oh, you're looking to grow in these ways. We want to give you exposure here or you want exposure there. Let me talk to, let me talk to my peer in that department and we'll see what we can do. So this is really, really good. I want to, I want to shift to another question because I've seen you, I've seen your skills here, Sissy. So I want to ask you about this. What happens when you are someone who you've honed your own strategic perspective? It's one of your strengths as a leader, what you bring to the table. And you're on a team where maybe you're on a more operational team and that's not the natural gifting of that team. How do you elevate the play there? How do you elevate and how do you bring more of that strategic mindset to a team where maybe it's not their natural gifting. Yeah, I'm kind of rewinding in my head to where <laughs> some experiences we had together. Um, I think it's, I think it's a few things. So I think there's some education there, right, and some alignment around what's the opportunity, right? You know if people have the mindset and, and actually the proof points that things are going on just fine right now, why do we need to do this differently? I think then bringing in that perspective, that strategy, right? Something's going on out there in the industry or um, in the customer ecosystem or in the technology world that we have to be prepared for. So it's really one probably bringing education and creating a shared vision about what the opportunity is mm -hmm. and why it's important. And then I think there's a lot in there about building trust in the team. And sometimes that takes a long time and sometimes it's very difficult to do. But um, if you can get that shared vision, that direction, that North Star, whatever you wanna call it, then I think over time, you can start to crawl, walk, run, um, and sometimes even move faster than that, depending on how compelling the opportunity or threat is um, and how strong the team aligns and connects around it. You know, we often, I, I've often found, um, I've been fortunate to work at really strong, successful companies it's very hard sometimes to organize around the opportunity. It's much easier to organize around a threat, right? You've got a burning platform, you're gonna have everybody trying to put out that fire. Mm -hmm. But when you're trying to see something that could be, something that's possible, um, something that's more uh, 
not as tactical, not as immediate, it's sometimes very difficult to do that. And again, I think it's really, um, you know, awareness, that perspective, and then figuring out how you align a group to take the action around it. That, that's really good. And one thing I know that you do well is being able to, when you're talking about the awareness of the opportunity is actually being able to bring in external insight for, Hey, a lot of times we, we do have blinders on, even if we've, we've, let's say we've had a, a long career and we know a lot about, about the business and a lot about, a lot about what, what we do. So often it's, it's, it's a challenge to really get people to think, Hey, what's going on outside of, of our business and how are those external, maybe macro trends playing out even outside of our industry and different industries? And then what is, what is the, what's the impact being able to develop that kind of capability, that, that foresight capability. Um, it's, it's a real skill and the way you do that. And, and so I'll take away a couple of things there. One is that you really need to know what that, what that opportunity is, what, what are the threats, what are the trends, be able to translate that and, and tell, basically create a narrative that is understood <laughs> um, by, by the team um, and then have the trust, be able to have the trust, build the trust in a way that um, you're able to, to rally around it. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that's very helpful. But you have something else to add there? No, I think you summarized it better than I could. And, um, you know, I, absolutely right. And thank you for calling out that external. When I talk about education, um, it, it, it really is that making sure you don't get too insular, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's within your company, within your industry, within your function, within your team, um, it's uh, the environment has changed so much and the pace has gotten so fast that um, we can't ever take our eyes off the horizon. And if we do, then that burning platform comes quicker than we, than we want. That's, right. Right? So that's, that's when the fire starts. That's exactly right. Um, this is awesome. I, I, I would love to go more, but I also want to get to some closing questions with you, Sissy. And the first one is our patented question. And that is, I'd love to hear what is, what is your why? What is it that drives and motivates Sissy? Well, probably not surprising from my career recap. It's really family. You know, so really thinking about myself in role of parent or family member, um, I think that there's so much of that that drives me both personally and professionally, and, and, and not to be paternalistic or maternalistic about it at all, but one of the, my favorite things um, at work is helping other people grow um, and investing in people and helping them understand what their gifts and their strengths are and how they can use them and where they can apply them. And that's, that's so, so similar to what a parent does. You know, I'm, I'm lucky, as I mentioned, I kind of stumbled into the insurance world, but um, it is one uh, and, and into an operational role. And it's been very rewarding and fulfilling for me professionally. Um, it is very purpose-driven, you know, insurance, companies we are protecting, we are providing, we are helping families and individuals manage risk and uh, preparing families for success now and in the future. And so um, it's been a really good fit for me. And I feel like it helps me amplify my why. 
That's powerful. And I, I definitely felt that why when I had the chance to work with you and the way that you invested in me. Uh, so really cool to see this come full circle on a podcast years later. Um, the next question for you, Sissy, <laughs> is um, what is one way, if you had to say one way that you've grown as a leader since you started in your career, what would that be? So I'm a competitive person by nature. Um, and so I think, you know, what I have, what I have learned and what I have to continue to remind myself is that there's a lot I don't know. And um, I can't be afraid of what I don't know. And I also have to recognize that people around me have different strengths and areas of expertise and experience that they bring to bear. So it's really about thinking, thinking of myself as one cog in the wheel and relaxing about what I don't know and what I can't do well and relying on my teammates to help me do that doesn't always come naturally to me. Well said, well said. Um, let me ask you this. So you're, you're in the smart risk business um, being in the insurance industry. What is a smart risk that you've personally taken in your career? You know, I think it probably comes down to taking a job that I felt this was mid-career, but had a track record had some areas where I was fairly competent um, and taking a job, that was a real stretch assignment for me. Um, and where I didn't really know the function, really didn't know the product line. Um, and going from, you know, clearly remember kind of sitting in front of my computer and being able to answer uh, any question that comes at me to, taking an hour to read an email and try to understand what they're asking me, you know, versus having the answers. And so um, it was uncomfortable. It was a stretch and I would recommend it to anyone. Uh, even if you're not, even if you don't perform well, you're learning, you're growing and you, it will position you to contribute more, to grow more and to flex your skills longer term in whatever, whatever company or organization you're working in. We love to say that growth and comfort don't coexist. <laughs> and that, that is a great example of that. If you want to grow, then you're going to do some things that scare you, that make you uncomfortable. And um, that's the great example of that. Here's a fun one for you. If you could sit down and have lunch with any leader, past uh, or present, what leader would that be? Maybe Satya Nadella from Microsoft, nice uh, really impressed by the transformation that Microsoft has undergone and clearly the key leadership role that he played hmm. um, in, in transforming not so much the products, but the culture and using that as a catalyst for their growth. Would love to tap his brain. That's, I think I'd be terribly intimidated. I know I would be, but I, I would enjoy it. I, I know you would hold your own. And um, that's a that's a great one. We haven't had that selection yet. Um, given your background, I can totally see, totally see that selection. Um, okay, before we let you go, one more. Do you have a personal BHAG 
a personal, big, hairy, audacious goal that you're going after these days? <laughs> it's okay if you don't. Uh, sur surviving COVID? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. Um, I'll credit this to one of my daughters. One of my daughters is interested in doing the Camino de Santiago, the pilgrimage route in Northwest Spain. Right, and so okay. I've committed to her. I'm not sure how we'll um, arrange our schedules and life priorities and get it done. But I just think what a fun experience that would be to do it with her, um, to be outside and to have that opportunity for reflection and activity and, um, you know, beautiful, beautiful country that, you know, not actively pursuing it, but I would probably call it more of a dream than a BHAG. I love that. Now, now you said it, so it's got to happen. So <laughs> I, I love that one, Sissy. Um, last, before we let you go, I should say the very last one, is there, is there anywhere that our audience could find you? Oh, sure. I'm, um, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, reasonably easy to find. It's Sissy, C-I-S-S-Y, Williams, um, Protective Life. I do have, I, you know, I have a Twitter as well, but I'm really not terribly active there. So uh, yeah, LinkedIn would probably be the, the best way and happy to engage. Awesome. Sissy, this has been fun. Um, it's been educational, informative, and just appreciate you being on the show. It's great to be with you again. What would it mean for your organization if your leaders became significantly more effective? At CoThrive, we help good leaders transform into exceptional leaders, and we do it in a way that builds camaraderie and deeper connection to your company for a fraction of the cost of less effective alternatives. If you're interested in learning more, find me on LinkedIn and just shoot me a message. As always, guys, keep leading on purpose.